Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. How's it going, everybody? This is the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. We originally air as a radio show on Radio for Brooklyn, so if you like the show, you can listen to episodes the day they come out every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. You're back to hear the episode where I interview business magnate and film producer Howard Hughes and early 20th century Mexican painter Frida Kahlo. It was a great talk. Uh, you can hit us up anytime you like at famousdeadpeople at radioforbrooklyn.org. Go out and buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now and hilarious. Uh, put it in your calendar that there's going to be a dope show on March 25th at the Magnet Theater at 9 p.m. That's a Sunday. The show is called The Fine 39. It's going to be a hoot and a holler, stand-up, sketch, special guest. It's going to be real fun. That's March 25th at 9 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. Also, lastly, JarrettBerenstein.com for all the latest and the greatest. Rate and review the podcast. Tell your friends and go see my improv team, Junior Varsity, every Thursday at 7 at the Magnet. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Frida and Howard Hughes only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. People you know. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. The story stuck in the head. My guests today on Famous Dead People are early 20th century Mexican artist Frida Kahlo. Hola. And American business magnate, philanthropist, and experimental pilot Howard Hughes. Hello. Uh, Mr. Hughes, Ms. Kahlo, Kahlo. I'm so sorry. I, I never remember how to pronounce your name. Just, uh, I'm like I'm one of the first people you could just say Frida. I just say, I'll call you Frida? You could just call me I'll Frida. I'll call you Frida. And can I call you Howard, Mr. Hughes? Hmm. I'll allow it. Oh, that's very that's very kind of you. A real man of the people here. Uh, so Howard, Frida, thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Really excited, Jared. Yeah, nice yeah, of course. Um, I'd like to start off with you, uh, Frida, if I may. So you are an icon of Mexican culture. Um, much of your artwork and your political activism had to do with Mexican culture. Uh, you were in a long relationship with Diego Rivera. Uh, also who is Mexican. Obviously a big part of uh, Mexican culture, you know. Uh, but what I want to ask you is the Wikipedia describes your work as having explored questions of identity, questions of gender and class in Mexican society. And I was wondering if you would comment on exactly like which questions your work was exploring, like which identity, gender and class questions were you trying to maybe not answer, but just like get into with your paintings? It was um Good question, by the way, Jared. Thank you. That was very good and insightful into my works. I got to say, you know, this is like a tangent, uh, uh, you know, just based on my uh, last interview with Princess Diana. She also sort of like complimented one of my questions. And I got to say, if you're on a, an interview show like this, I think it's a little condescending, right, to to compliment an interview question on a on an on a interview show. Am I right? Well. Am I crazy? Instantly you... on the defense. All right. <laughs> would, you, would you rather no us. No more compliments for you, Jack. Would you rather us say bad question? Uh, I no. always get that question. No, but it's a little like, I don't know. It's like it's like when a, when a child is a drawing and, you know, they put it up on the fridge. That's when it feels like a little. Maybe All I'm right. being defensive. Maybe well, being I will be honest. I wasn't expecting any of your questions today. <laughs> but uh, There we go. That's you what I'm talking about. You nailed about. it. Um. Well, you know what? So going back to the question yes. three minutes Identity, ago. Identity, gender, class, yeah, yeah. your paintings. Uh, specifically what I wanted to really go at, and it's I'm not a scientist, but I guess I did it through what I know, which is art and mm-hmm. creativity, was questioning how much does a big penis come into play? 
How much does a big in, penis in come, come into, into play, play into a success of a of a human? Okay, you know, females don't even have big a penises. Penis that's right at all. And I think, you know, you wonder, hey, is that what stopped him? Is that what's holding us back? Mm. Not having a penis. Okay, and then people who have bigger penises. How does that come into play in just an ordinary life? Okay, and so you're talking about not just like a uh, a sexual... Um, no, nope, just the weight. Just the weight. Just, just the weight of having a penis. I, I once, when I first, uh, around 18, 19 years old, mm-hmm. I had a what they called a cod piece that I would mm. strap around my waist Interesting. and put stones in there so I could feel... So when I painted, I could feel the weight pulling on my abdomen. Oh. Oh, interesting. It didn't really do anything different. Can I ask to be you a question? Honest, Was but... that before or after the uh, the car accident that you got into when you're 18 years old? Because I know that that caused like a lot of that's actually strain on your spine and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I wonder if. The if the cod piece thing was weigh it out. It was to weigh me oh. back to eat because I was. It's after it was mm-hmm. after the accident. Yeah, and you know my back was messed up, and so it was just a doctor threw it by. Hey, maybe if we put a penis on you, you might have a little shifting. The doctor suggested putting a penis on you to help yeah. counterbalance it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I was like I said, I'm not a scientist. Okay. I didn't question it, but I said, you know what? I've always wondered what it's like. Interesting. interesting. I've always wondered. I mean, my father was very, always wanted a boy, I believe. You know, he always gave me grief. Okay. I think that was part of it. I, I don't know exactly why I was so fascinated with the penis, because I don't like him. You don't like him? I mean, they're fine, but nobody really <laughs> likes. Even if you have a penis, knowing, it's not your Knowing favorite. what I know about your uh, relationship history, I find that a little confusing, but we'll, we'll get to that uh, a little later in the interview. Um, and I'd like to talk to you, uh, Howard Hughes, about, um, you know, uh, uh, sort of like your... You're uh, growing up, and uh, and you know where you came from. But let's let's talk about this issue that Frida brought up. You know, like you, you're a very successful man. Uh, you come from a line of successful Hugheses. You know, do you feel like penis size has anything to do with uh, either your success or your father's success, your grandfather's success, anything through the line of Hugheses? Look, uh, the PC answer is no. Mm-hmm. That's if I was going to be PC. Okay. But I'm pretty sure we came here to be real. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Am I, I right? No, I I really appreciate that. And I, I want you to be as honest and frank as possible. Okay. Then here we go. I'm going to lay it down. Okay. Yeah. It's got everything to do with it. Whoa. Without a magnificent penis, us Hughes men would be nothing. So is it like a confidence thing? Like you knowing that you have it or does it have some sort of like practical application? It's got magical freaking powers. Magical powers. It gives you confidence. Okay. Yeah, that, as I said, yeah, it's a confidence. But it's literal issue. magic. <laughs> okay. Having a I big old having a big old schwanz <laughs> in your pants. I knew it. That's that's what it gives you magical powers to be successful and rich. That is <laughs> That's interesting. That you would say that it has magical powers. I, I'm really curious about like what magical powers exactly. But I know that Frida, a lot of your work had um, sort of fantasy elements to it. People described your paintings as being what we call magical realism. Like it's about your life, but it has fantastical elements sort of like fused into it. Mm-hmm. And here you're telling me that you put a little penis in it, and now it's magic. And now the and the, you're saying that it this giant penis out. actually has magical I, powers. Now I didn't have a real penis. Yes, of course. Of you course. had this copies we were talking about. Yeah, but I mean, I could feel it. It was definitely a, a, a something. 
You know, mm-hmm. like you ever feel the neck on the the hair on the so, back of your yeah, neck get all just tingly. Start, yeah, and you might, you know, there's a presence about. There was the presence of the penis in mm-hmm. my paintings, and that's what I call it. The presence of the, the penis. Presence, pres- mm. These peas are gonna pop really great on these mics. Mm. <laughs> presence of the penis. Present. Presence. So, Mr. Presence Hughes. So, you are obviously famous for your work designing airplanes, mm. making movies, generally being hugely wealthy. Um, but I think that many people also remember you as the guy who had the comically insane OCD, the obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, the image of you later in life when your symptoms worsened, you refused to leave your room, you didn't cut your nails, you weren't showering, you were stacking empty tissue boxes, you collected your own urine. Like we almost use this nowadays as like a shorthand for the, the insane millionaire, you know? And so I'm wondering, do you look back now or did you ever, even when you were in the middle of it, look back on that behavior um, and think, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that? You know, or do you still think like there's a logical reason for all of those sort of like neurotic behaviors? Look, I'm going to shoot you straight. I, I, I do think I jumped the gun a little bit. Okay, but I think. In fact, I know. Um. You're going to be seeing a lot of billionaires collecting their own piss in the future. Really? Now, I, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'm going to call it. Ten years from now, you know Elon Musk? He just flew the car yes. into space. Of course, yeah. In ten years, he's going to be pissing in jars and collecting it. Hmm, and that'll be the world's currency, billionaire piss. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that uh, people who have a lot of money, they're sort of like clued in to the next trends economically. Mm-hmm. And so billionaires, millionaires, because they know like how the markets work, they're going to collect their urine because they know how valuable it's going to be in the future. Bitcoin going to crash. The dollar, bye-bye. Oh, I very find that. I find that hard to the believe. The euro, kaput. Uh, you're you're uh, <laughs> out of here. Out of like euro. That's uh, a good one. <laughs> We also you're uh, not going to be a currency anymore. Exactly. <laughs> and so you better get your jars and go stand outside of Peter Thiel's piss trough and collect it if you want to if you want to eat for the next, you know, 20 years. That's interesting. Well, I mean, that speaks to the piss trough specifically, but you're saying that they're going to do all the other uh, OCD behaviors as well. The, the, the tissue box stacking, the, the, the fingernail not cutting. No, that stuff, that stuff was just me being a little bonkers. <laughs> a little bonkers. Okay. But so the piss stuff it, the piss, was practical. That is practical. That is real. And that is a thing that, that maybe should everybody be doing that? Is it only like a rich person's urine that will be valuable? It, you know, I'm not going to, here's the deal. Mm. I'm not going to discourage anyone from collecting <laughs> their own piss. Okay. Thank God. But, <laughs> but it's only going to be the billionaires who okay. it's going to be worth anything. Now, I know, Frida, that in your art life, you know, you especially when you were with uh, Diego, you would, you know, visit with the elite in San Francisco, in New York. Um, you know, you, you became a member of the upper echelon. Um, did you ever see any, you know, people from the upper crust who exhibited the same kind of behavior? I got it. You no, know. not one, not one jar of piss. I got one honest, jar of piss. Would, hmm. Not one jar of piss. Well, let's not limit it to that. I, like there were a lot of like curious. neurotic behaviors. Let, but let's be honest, we were all <laughs> curious more about the piss <laughs> thing, right? I mean, I, was, I looked, I looked for it, mm-hmm. you know, because it was something that you hear about famous okay. people doing. Um, so, so even before Howard Hughes started doing it, 
you know, there was we, a buzz. It, it didn't happen in your lifetime. And I didn't see, uh, I didn't see, but we didn't have that many billionaires back then. That's right. That's so right. I, I feel like there's a, yeah, there's a level, maybe millionaires, mm-hmm. nobody cares about But you their just urine. kind of felt like maybe it was a thing that rich people were doing. Yeah. Interesting. It, seemed, it just, you know, they, they're definitely doing some weird stuff. I mean, they mm-hmm. had, um, you know, uh, you know, they own ducks. I don't know. There was not a lot they of poor people. Own ducks. I know that's a weird oh, thing. It's a weird thing. What to a jump bunch on. of fucking idiots! <laughs> I know it's a weird. I just was. It was. A, I always liked ducks when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and then to see people own ducks, I just was like, "That's crazy." So you would look at a rich person with a duck, and you're like, "I don't understand it. That's insane." It's next level stuff for me. So, that's all. So perhaps collecting jars of urine is in. It's in the wheelhouse. In the same deck. Yeah, you know? and what other stuff did you? I mean, there was the nails. The nail. I mean, women had nails. Longer, yeah, I mean that's a thing of not working, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I could see that. Happening. Well, actually, so so people have argued that uh, the reason why you didn't cut your nails, the reason why you didn't shower, and the reason why you didn't like wearing clothing, like during the worst years, you would just sort of like sit in a hotel room with neck bearding. Neck bearding. Neck bearding. Isn't neck bearding something like a depressed guy just sitting around collecting? Like not going outside. Well, not, well, well the, the thing that Wikipedia is saying is that that wasn't, didn't have anything to do with neurological issues. It was okay. because of one of the plane crashes you were in. Um, it caused your skin to be extra sensitive and like things that wouldn't normally oh. cause pain caused you pain. You know, would you like to confirm or deny that whether or not that had anything to do with it? Deny. Deny. So it had nothing to do with pain whatsoever. No, no pain. I, you know, you get to a point where you're just like, what can I get away with? <laughs> And, you know, if you're, and I found out quite a lot. <laughs> because of your. Chill in a hotel, mm-hmm. grow my nails out, neck beard, as you say. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I knew it. You know, stack tissue boxes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was just testing the boundaries. Testing, so, so there was no, oh, sorry. You were oh, I just was curious. Is there anything that we don't know about that you did in the, in the hotel room? Well, let that's, me. That's ooh, called ooh. a good question. I have to, oh. <laughs> first of all, uh, shots fired, Frida. Uh, second of all, it seems like the point of what you were doing was for people to see it so that you could test the boundaries, right? Sure. So were there things that, like Frida said, like you had done and you're just like sitting by the door waiting for someone to come in and be like, oh, I can't wait for someone to see this insane thing that I just did? Oh, there were so many. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about it. Well, uh, I, you know, I would create, I would create characters. Hmm. Uh, You know, now it's not that weird now, but back then it was weird. I created a character that could most be compared to Waluigi. Waluigi yeah. from the Mario Brothers yes. franchise. Well, now it's Waluigi, but back then it was just, I called him Tall Italian. <laughs> Tall Italian. I, you know, I'm not as familiar with those later generation Nintendo games. What did Waluigi do? What was his thing? Uh, he was he was a tall Italian. He, he said, <laughs> wow. That's pretty much was it. Was he a good guy or a bad guy? Bad guy. He's a bad guy. Okay. You, you familiar with any of these Nintendo not, games? Not Waluigi. I, I knew Mario and Luigi. Mario Luigi. There's the evil version. Well, I even Wario knew. and Waluigi. There's War. Oh, oh, Wario. Because there was Wario. Yep. Uh, and I guess yeah, he would have a brother named Waluigi. Oh, okay. And so you would be like in this character, just like waiting for someone to come in, just like I can't wait for people. Yeah, to see. I can't wait till they see the tall Italian. <laughs> <laughs> because back then, an Italian being tall was. Outrageous! It's just not unheard of. Unheard of. The nineteen thirties and forties. Yeah. The 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 stereotypes about Italian people was just short. Just short. Short. Fat. Maybe with a mustache. Yeah. And just always eating uh, pasta. I'm assuming. 
Yeah, from your <laughs> lips to God's ears. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm I'm happy that our image of Italians has you know uh, has grown and developed. You know, has it? I think I think okay. it has. Right. You know, uh, it, it's it's like a. You know, there's no thing that you can say that's like that's derogatory enough about Italians that we will get upset about it. By the end of this podcast, <laughs> we'll come I up will, with something. I will think of something. Well, let's move back over to you. Yeah, Peter. I'll jump on that train. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are American business magnate and experimental pilot Howard Hughes, money, and early 20th century Mexican artist Frida Kahlo. ¿Qué tal? Uh, so, while you were growing up in Mexico. Uh, you ended up going to a prestigious prep school uh, where you formed a group called the Kachuka. Is that correct? Yes. The Kachuka. Yep, the Kachuka. You said that very well. Thank you very much. Kachuka. Well, I have a little bit of Mexican in my background as well on my dad's side. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about this group? Like what exactly was it? Was it a political group? Was it a philosophical group? Did you did you explore media? Did you paint together? What what did the Kachuka do? Uh, we did um, a lot of we did all of that. Oh, all of that. Okay. It was just it was a collection of. Uh, we started off as um as a book club. Okay. And uh, then we just moved into just critiquing each other on like other artwork that we were doing. And mm-hmm. uh, but then there were some girls who got involved who weren't just artists. They were like musicians. So then we critiqued. And then we just moved into starting to like bully. Then we to were just bully people. bullying people because mm. we just got so good at telling other people what to do mm-hmm. and how to be better. Then we just started bossing people around. So you that's sort of, really what it kind of got into. You were like self-criticizing and then you realized like we can turn this around. We can we can do this to people who aren't just in the group. Yep. Yep. And then it became clicky. OK. And then we started really going. It was the Kaluka click. Kaluka click. <laughs> And it has a good sound That's to it. It's got a ring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds nice. Eventually, it just became more of like a novelty t-shirt company. Uh, the uh, so, so, Kaluka chick. Wait, so so I assume that this was just a thing that happened when you were at prep school, but you're saying that it continued I didn't get in, as involved in it as much anymore, but okay. I had a little bit of stock in it, and I oversaw, you know? Mm, interesting. Yep. Kaluka clicking. Uh, there was that t-shirt that was really... It was... um. It's like Chivon. It was like Kaluka. Chivon? <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. Okay. I feel like they, I remember always seeing that shirt and thinking they stole our idea, but I mean, it was like 70 years. Well, well, Chivon and Kaluka click. Yeah, Kaluka. It's pretty much the Kaluka, same. Kaluka, they, yeah. They, yeah. They, yeah. It, it was just, it's more about the font. So uh, maybe that's uh, okay. I see. That's all. Yeah. Uh, well, what were some of the shirts that you 100% were, you know, responsible for yeah, in, yeah. The, uh, in the Kachuka? Uh, which you said you're saying eventually morphed into Kaluka Click. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ch- Chaluka is mm-hmm. what we're still still speaking of, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, mm-hmm. I mess up sometimes. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, so well, there was um, there was a really good there was a attack frog. There was attack a T-shirt frog? that was attack frog, okay. and it was just it was just a logo of a frog, uh, but really aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, which what is the, just what was a, the point of these shirts? Just a juxtaposition of you know, it's silly. It what was like what, fun, what was the market of these shirts? Who who do you want to give them to? Uh, well, it was well our target audience, mm-hmm. uh, twenty five to thirty five year old men mm-hmm. who were um, painters. Who were also like, but not painters. not artist painters, like like labor, house painters. Yeah. Oh, interesting! Just really cheap shirts, but it also showed that they had like wit about them. Mm-hmm. And, you, know. you know, I gotta hook you up. Talk to me after the show. Busted tees. Busted tees. Got to get tees. you on the email list. They sort of do. Wait, like so that so that Frida can maybe start. Yeah, I think they would be, get back in. Get a little. I mean, bit I don't want to like you know 
try and overstep my bounds, but mm-hmm. I think I could get Frida Kahlo on that list. I, you know, we invented the spaghetti strap. I just want to say, spaghetti strap. Nobody, you know, yeah, Interesting. first spaghetti strap. Nobody talks maker. about that. Nobody talks about that. Have you that. submitted ideas to uh, to Busted Tees, Howard Hughes? <laughs> All of the time. Yeah. What were some of your ideas? Have, have any been accepted? Uh, you know, not yet. But I've I've been work. I've been spending most of my year trying to come up. Craft an idea that they'll accept and give me two hundred dollars for two hundred dollars. It's not even about the money; it's just about the chase. And you, you can know? say I did that. That was my shirt. I've been trying, man. What were, what were some of your ideas, Howard Hughes, for a Busted Tees shirt? And for those of you who aren't familiar, Busted Tees is like they do like funny T-shirts with like cool graphics. Like they have one <laughs> that sounds like, exactly like Toluca. Click. Really? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no. This is more like they'll have like a picture of a dude who has bare arms. Okay, and they'll be like the right to bear arms. Arms, right, you know stuff like that. You get it? You know? Okay, it's yeah. I guess I words. could see why the frog thing wasn't as a, nobody mm. really knows. There, There's it, not a saying about it. It didn't seem like it was clever. It didn't seem like it had another layer to it. The frog no, thing. It yeah. just seemed like it was an attack frog. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. no, I, I get it now. <laughs> I'll tell you, <laughs> hindsight's twenty twenty. I tell you the one that I pitched that they, I thought for sure they'd bite, but mm-hmm. they didn't. It was Calvin pissing. Okay, mm-hmm. Calvin, from Calvin and Hobbes pissing, and then in the. In the piss puddle, it said, poor people. (laughs) (laughs) He's pissing on poor people. And I thought, people will love this. Mm, I don't know if they would. That doesn't sound like something that I would enjoy wearing. Rich people would. Would only rich people? Would rich people? Oh, you know what? That goes back to the whole urine in jars thing. I'm sure. just realizing. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a very subtle connection there. Wow, that's a. And you know what? I I, I see the appeal of this now. Yeah, I completely understand the appeal of this shirt. But let's trickle uh, trickle down economic. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Oh my god! It, it's almost like rich people have been sort of like trying S- to subliminally. You know, if we added that. That title to the shirt, I think it might be a seller. Trickle if it's down. Calvin pissing on poor people, mm-hmm. and it says trickle down, trickle down economics. economics. Maybe that was the thing that was missing. You should resubmit that to Busted Tees, Harold. <sighs> you know, I might. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll split the two hundo with you. I have a great Not picture bad. of a more more aggressive frog too. If that starts selling, you know, I'll put that in there too. <laughs> just saying, really it's bothering like, me it's now. Similar to the about. other frog, it's just more aggressive. I don't know if that's what it was missing, but yeah, hey, just hey, really you know, self-conscious trial, about it. process of elimination, man. Mm. Uh, but let's talk to uh, you, Howard Hughes, about uh, some, a little tragedy that you had later on in life. Uh, both your parents died around the time that you were 19. Uh, so at 19, you inherited their uh, incredible wealth. You decide to give up on all the things you're passionate about, engineering. Uh, you, you played golf professionally for a little while. You quit school, and you go to move out to L.A. so that you could make movies. Now, you're from Texas. You have no experience in making movies. You don't know anybody in the movie industry. Where did that interest come from? What made you think that that was something that you could do, and why did you want to do? Why did you want to do that? Why did you want to make movies? Well, I'll tell you, the moment I knew I wanted to make movies, I, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd gone to the Nickelodeon as a boy Mm -hmm. and I'd seen all the great, you know, the, the first one was the great train robbery. Mm, And, you know, when that train came at the crowd, they all, everyone freaked out. They thought the the train was going to kill them. It was so much better than the first movie, the, uh, the train robbery. The train robbery. And then right. there was the great train robbery. It was robbery. the sequel. It was mm-hmm. so good. And that one, people should <laughs> have great. known. Yeah. People should have known that the train was going to come Because it was the second them. one. But, it, but they didn't. Yeah. And people were really... I, can I... They were fucking dumb back then. People They're all were, dead. I'll say it. It's, it's, I don't think it's people were dumb. It's just that there was a collective knowledge that we have now from our collective experience of watching movies, of 
talking about watching movies uh, that just wasn't there then. Mm, yeah, but they that's were a, dumb too. Yeah, that's a very glass half full <laughs> thought process. But uh, well, let's also say the education system stupid. probably wasn't as you know streamlined as it is in the in today. Well, listen, they were okay. You're generous. I'm not. Remember <laughs> pissing on the poor. <laughs> But okay. you know, all those people went screaming out of that theater, mm-hmm. and I just sat there and looked at all those dummies running out, and I said, I want to scare me some dummies. You wanted to scare people? I wanted to scare the wits out of people just with movies. Okay. You can scare the most people with a movie. Okay. And I, I, wa- I was inspired, you know, and then I saw that house fall down on Buster Keaton. Yes, yeah, and he and he nearly died. He nearly did. Know, but thank God that window was cut out, that his body just kind of like went through. <laughs> thank God. You know, but uh, and pe- that would terrify people, though. They were like, yeah. oh my God, that guy's going to get crushed by that side of that house. Yeah, and in a way that that was a metaphor for my life, you know. Mm-hmm. Everything came crashing down, but I was fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's, it is interesting how money will, um, you know, protect people from calamity. Um, but what were some of the ideas? Oh, sorry, Frida, were you No, no, it's okay. I just, no, I was, no I'm sorry. What were some okay. of the, what, what were some of the movies that you, um, uh, were, were planning on making in order to scare people the same way that, uh, this, this train, this footage of this train going towards the audience scared them? Well, I, my early ideas, I made some, some, you know, I had some pitches, it didn't really go anywhere. Like the first one I wanted to do to really scare people mm-hmm. was called "An Irishman is Chasing You." <laughs> that sounds terrifying. <laughs> okay, so that's the title of it. Yes, and I wanted it to just be an hour of an Irishman chasing you. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking: you just put a camera on the back of a truck, yes. all right? The truck is slowly driving away, and yes. then you get an Irish person to just run after the camera. So it constantly looks like this Irish guy is chasing after <laughs> yes. you. And then there were two yeah, problems with that. One, okay. we could not, for the life of us, find an Irishman who could run that a long. A single Irishman couldn't run that long? No, we we auditioned thousands of Irishmen. <laughs> How did you audition them? Because it, sounds like, it sounds like the process was just running. Yeah, okay. we'd, we'd, we'd drive through an Irish neighborhood and say, You, <laughs> you old crumb bum, chase us. And inevitably they would. They couldn't control Nobody. Their, their famous tempers. <laughs> Nobody and they'd come it. chasing after us, and we would drive as slowly as possible to let them chase us without catching us. Mm-hmm. And they'd give up after two or three minutes. Okay. Yeah, and so and so obviously you're not going to be able to find an Irish person that can that can run the the, the length of a feature if, if they're going to give up after two or three minutes. Obviously. Yeah. And, it, and, we, and I was really about realism. I didn't want to cast anyone who... Wasn't, wasn't an Irish. Irishman, you know? Of course, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does make sense. So that one kind of went by the wayside, and mm-hmm. I had more pitches, and, uh, you know, um, there was one pitch called uh, Can of Beans Coming At Ya! <laughs> and that one was a bit shorter. It was just throwing mm. a can of beans at the screen. Because, <laughs> I, you see, back then, you all you needed to do to scare someone was throw something or have something coming at the screen. I mm-hmm. actually delved into one, and, and I don't know if you guys knew this, that I did do a, mo- a movie picture once, oh, too. Oh, well, yeah. no, we didn't same, know this. Same idea to try to inspire fear. And um, picture this. It was It was like a really dark, really creepy s- swamp, okay. you know? And you hear the music a little, because you didn't have any, you know, it was just silent movies back mm-hmm. then. And then as as you turn and you see creeping out of this swamp water, just a frog. 
Just a frog, uh, frog. an attack frog. Well, we couldn't get the frog to attack. Was because frogs don't channel. They're not very attack. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, but I'm seeing a recurring thing. We here. have it. Have it. It was. It looked kind. Of, if we could get it to hop, mm-hmm. and then we put some fake teeth into the thing, mm-hmm. into this, the mouth. You, you did of the, put fake teeth into the tr- frog's yes, mouth. Yes. Okay. But um, not really that scary. I mean, okay. just the idea though was close to. So, it. How, so was this a movie that you pitched? Did you film it? We or? filmed it. We filmed it. Okay. It was a, you know, it was a short. It was a short. So it got a little attention in in um in southern parts of uh the Bible Belt area. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's about it. You know, it's like the old saying goes in Hollywood, never never work with a frog or an Irishman. <laughs> hey, I remember saying, they, yeah. I gotta yeah. tell you, I actually really like this Irishman idea because you can change, like, the speed of the car to make it look like he's, like, catching up on you. Yes. And then people would get, like, even more scared, you know, and then, like, you pull away a little bit. And then the Irishman goes, and people will start, they get relieved, but then he starts, like, he's still coming at them. So you're just like, oh, God, that's fucking Irishman. You if know? you want to take a look at the script, I've got it in my bag. It's, uh, <laughs> if you can look at the frog uh, thing, a, too, it's if you have ideas for that, that's 140 thick. pages. That is a thick script. 140. It's all stage direction. It's There's th- one line from the Irishman. <laughs> the one line is, almost got <laughs> I mean, but he doesn't get you. So this was like, uh, you would put that on a placard, obviously, because this was the silent movie era uh, that you were making films. And so it would just be, this placard would come up, you know. You should it- have somebody say, hey, you're getting chased by an Irishman. Like the titular oh. title. You like know, at the very beginning. Somebody, just so you know that he's Irish too. Because That's also terrifying because it's scary. If, you don't, like- if it's just a normal white guy, you might not know. No, how no, they scary. know. <laughs> they know. Uh, let's make, move back over to Frida for just a moment. So, so as we talked about earlier, when you're 18, you get into this traffic accident. Mm-hmm. It causes some. Uh, it's it's terrible accident. Yes. Uh, you have chronic health problems th- uh, that plague you for the rest of your life. Uh, and while you're recovering, you start to take your painting more seriously. Yep, yep. Do you remember those early days of painting while you're in bed? recovering from this traffic accident barely i was on a lot of drugs a lot of pain medication a lot of drugs pain medication Mm -hmm. other drugs that anybody would i was just trying anything it's the time in medicine where they were just trying anything gotcha gotcha so uh i'm also thinking like you're like a 19 year old girl at this point totally want to experiment you know yeah like like just you know these girls they're going to bonnaroo Mm -hmm. you know they're going out into the burning man desert and they're just you know they're they're taking anything just to see what it would be like, you know? And, you know, you got to experiment we at that point in your life. We were wearing bathing suits that wasn't fully covering all the legs. Oh, like yeah. Like up to the knees at that point. Yeah. Mm, okay. So really, really experimental. Hubba, hubba. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, color. Color was a huge thing. I really loved color. I, I remember that's what I, I would try to do, emote, emote the feelings of what I was going through. Gotcha. So you were no longer painting in just black and white, is what you're saying, is that you were starting to add color. I was recognizing the difference of what it was bringing, that it was that, mm. that color would actually emote a feeling. Gotcha, gotcha. You okay. see what I'm saying? And this was something that you were, that, that happened to you after the accident. Yeah. Okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah. So if you weren't aware of the effect that color could have on your paintings uh, before the accident, what do those paintings look like? The fir- the early, earlier yeah, ones? Early stuff. A lot of, lot of frogs. A lot of frogs. This guy, this lady likes frogs like I like piss and hate the poor. Uh, You know, trying to. I'm sorry. I just get so I get emotional when I think about those frogs. That's okay. I spent so many years painting these frogs that did not emote any kind of feeling. We, you know, we got we got so I just realized that we're over that we're over time. uh, So we've got to take a short break. But you know, it's fascinating to learn. Uh, We do have to take a short break. We'll be right back with uh, Frida Kahlo and Howard Hughes on Famous Dead People. Stay with us. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. 
Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org if you want a specific famous dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out jaredbernson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash famousdeadpeople and click on the support the show button. Thanks again for listening and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are American business magnate, philanthropist, and experimental pilot Howard Hughes. I doff my cap. And early 20th century Mexican artist Frida Kahlo. Como esta usted, muy bonita estadía? Oh, you speak oh. wonderful Spanish. <laughs> Thank if you, If I Frida. may translate. Oh, please do, it's Howard an, Hughes. It's an honor to be here at Radio Free Brooklyn. <laughs> Spot on. Wow. Yeah, I didn't pick up any of that, but, um, you know, I believe you, Howard Hughes. You sound like you know what you're talking about. Um, so let me ask you, uh, Mr. Hughes, uh, you know, you managed to get your way into the film industry despite having no connections. It must have something to do with your fabulous wealth. Obviously, it opens a lot of doors. Uh, in uh, 1930, one of your films made headlines, uh, the movie Hell's Angels, uh, because it cost $3.8 million to make, which back then was unheard of. Movies were not expensive to make. $3.8 million was ridiculous. It would be the equivalent of making a trillion-dollar movie today. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah, that is completely bonkers. That so do you remember what exactly made that movie so expensive Um that and 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 you know it didn't bother you that it, that it cost so much more money than every other movie. Well, there was a couple of things. You know, first mm. of all, it was the planes. There's a lot of planes in that movie. Gotcha. gotcha. They're flying this way and that. Mm. That's expensive to film. Uh, also, a lesser known cost was that that movie. You know, to make everything above board, keep it on the books, it ate the pre-production costs of your being chased by an Irishman. <laughs> Which that was that alone was one point five million dollars. So you had to spend one point five million dollars on your being chased by an Irishman. It it's not cheap to audition most of the it men. It sounds a, like it was cheap because all you were doing was driving through Irish towns and yelling at them, yeah. calling them scallywags. Was that it? Ah, uh, crumbums, crumbums, scallywags, that's hooligans, right. whatever mm-hmm. you fancy, but whatever you wanted to get these Irish people to chase you. Yeah, that that ate up a lot of the cost. But then it was the planes, and you know we crashed a lot. Of planes, a lot mm-hmm. of people died making that movie. Yeah, and yeah. you know that costs money. You gotta pay hush money to the family. Hush money to the families. Okay. Yeah, you go to the family, you'd say, "Here's, here's a couple thousand dollars. Just shut the hell up, okay?" Here's a couple shut. jars of piss. Yeah, that too. I, and they would always refuse, and I'd say, "I insist." Take you some. don't understand how valuable this piss is going to be one day. That's what I would say, and I just, I'd say, "No, no, just shut the hell up." 
Just shut up and go see the movie when it comes out. I gotta imagine that it also cost a little bit of money to hush people about the fact that you had shoved piss on them, jars of piss on them. Yeah, like you needed yes. more money, otherwise people were gonna talk about that to people. Yeah, know? they're well, they're unbeknownst to me till years later, there mm-hmm. was a guy who would go in right behind me and say, just shut the hell up about that piss. <laughs> <laughs> and he would give him money. And it's nice that uh, like a good friend. Yeah, that they they were taking they were looking after you that way. Um, but but so you were undeterred. You know the this this movie Hell's Angel. It's draining funds. People are dying. You're you 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 got a shelve. You're being chased by an Irishman because of this film. But you're undeterred. You you're you're like this movie's got to get made. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh... I, because I was so devastated when my first couple of projects didn't get made, mm-hmm. I was I, I knew I had to get this thing made, and I knew it would be a blockbuster mm-hmm. and a classic. What was the plot of Hell's Angels? We we know that it had a lot of dog mm-hmm. fights in it, like you know a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of aerial battles. Yes. Uh, but what was the story of Hell's Angels? Now, if I remember correctly, the story of it was our hero. Open on our hero. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Howie Hawks. Howie Hawks. And he says, he points to the sky and says, I'm going to go zoopity flip-flop <laughs> up there. And I'm going to go every which way and shoot everybody down. And then our hero, the love interest, <laughs> Doreen Daphne says, but, 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 Mr. Hawk, no, I love you. And he says, shut up. <laughs> And he jumps in the plane, and he goes loopity doop, flip flopping, zowie zow. Okay. And that's you know that's, that's sort of that's the, the no, that's the elevator pitch, or we called it back then the, the stair pitch. <laughs> gotcha. Wow. No, that sounds like a real barn burner. That was what like ninety minutes, something like that. Uh, yeah, ninety minutes. We had to cut a lot out. Mm-hmm. There was uh, it was originally. Six hours. Six hours yeah. long. Oh, we wow. did, went through some edits. On gotcha, it. gotcha. A lot of aerial battles. Yes. That uh, needed to be edited down. Uh, let's go back to Frida for just a moment. So you marry, uh, you, you meet uh, Diego Rivera at this party that's being thrown by the Mexican Communists, which was a political party that you had joined. Um, and, um, you know, he is 30 years older than you, but he's obviously a famous artist. You ask him to come look at some of your art to see if you have any talent. Do you remember this first meeting with, uh, with you and Diego oh, Rivera? Yeah. He looked so handsome. Mm-hmm. He looked absolutely stunning. Um, he was wearing, um, like a scarf, which was not that popular at the time, but mm, literally okay. like three years later, trailblazer, trailblazer. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, who is this dude? But I knew who he was. <laughs> But I wanted to know what did Macon pick. Well, no, I think you know? that we, I think we, rec- we understood that you meant it like sort of like rhetorically. Oh you know? well, I like, don't know. Some people hey, were stupid back then. So you then. were like, you know. yes. <laughs> so I would say that, and they're like, well, we, you it's know, it's Diego Rivera. Was. Yeah, they'd be like, no, but but like, it's like who is who he? Is, yeah, you who? Know? And they were like, we just told you it was Diego Rivera, and I'm like, yeah. Anyway, you get it. They were yeah. stupid. Bunch okay. of bunch of dipshits. <laughs> really, really <laughs> worthless. Um. So. Uh, I that's all. And then, you know, you value somebody, so you want to see if they value your stuff. Hmm. Right away, I messed up, showed him a lot of pictures of frogs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was mm-hmm. not into it. Not uh, into the frog. Not into it yet. Okay. It's but, starting um, to seem like this might be a bit of a some kind of sexual fetish for you. A sexual or, fetish? Or maybe just, it sounds like it's frogs or... Listen, obsession. Howard Hughes, people that live in glass houses, you know? <laughs> like, True enough. <laughs> I, will say, I will say equivalently... 
I have never made love to a frog. Never, never made love to a frog. Or sex. Either one because they're separate. Mm-hmm. Uh, never got, never went down on a frog, no matter <laughs> what somebody says. I don't know. I think that we need to go through every sexual act. Would well, you say that you never had any kind of sexual act? All right, I'll put, I'll put the list away. <laughs> but uh, That was a long list. That was that. Just going just, down to the floor of that piece of paper. I was. Mm. I thought it might come up to the, today. No, so, no. Uh, but um. So but then I, I, I showed him. Uh, then I was showing him more of the contemporary stuff. What I was doing at the time. Mm-hmm. Some bits that I even stole from people. I would. I would. You know. I was working on. Um, literally stole. I literally. You were you're stealing other paintings. Yeah, I would never paint somebody else's stuff, but mm-hmm. I would show them. Hey, listen, I'm also really good at stealing. Oh, when, interesting. Yeah, because uh, you know it was a rush. So, so you we were would... you weren't showing him these paintings like, look what I did. No, you were like, saying, look what I stole. Yeah, let's go. I okay. also had some silverware in my purse at the time. He thought that was <laughs> hilarious. Um, and uh, then we started stealing things on a regular basis. You for and the next Diego Rivera, 10, twelve years. You and Diego Rivera would like steal things together. You guys would go on. Uh, I don't. I don't want to little say things. No, it was. They weren't heists. They were no, just like petty, 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 petty thefts. Gotcha. No, like, you know, you want to make little like small shops owner. We had a variety of teacups that we would steal. Okay. Uh, that was always made them laugh. And uh, what other things? Uh, t-shirts. Tigger also. Rivera just thought it was funny to steal things with you. Yeah. Specifically from poor people. We'd never really go. After <laughs> Hell yes. Yeah. But it was just the real dummies. Because we would sometimes we would just say, hey, we're taking this now. And they go, aren't you going to pay for it? And we're like. Maybe L- like later. We'd say mm-hmm. later. We'll see you later. That was always really funny. Oh. I know it doesn't. It doesn't. It seems mean now. It almost seems like the concept of stealing wasn't universally known back then. Like it was just such a weird idea. Like they obviously had a, they had know. it on their face. Like uh, I don't know. I don't know about this. <laughs> but again, well, no one really knew about stupid. stealing until the 1921 film. Stealing. Stealing. So there was a movie in 1921 called Stealing. It was first entitled. I'm gonna steal this from you. By the way, I'm Irish. <laughs> was this a was this a Howard Hughes production? Guilty. Oh, okay. We kind of we we were kind of silent partners. You know, on that I wasn't one. gonna. That's I pushed for that original title, but they changed it. I didn't know that was yeah. a plug for uh, for one of your past films. Um, we usually try to save those towards the very end, Mr. Hughes, just just for the future. Apologies. Uh, okay. <laughs> so so there's a movie called Stealing that you that you created that you produced. Um, it was originally called Stealing by the Way I'm Irish, right? Something like that? Yes, I'm going to steal from you, yeah, by, by the way, way I'm, I'm Irish. Irish. Okay. Uh, which is actually, I mean, you know, considering the time period that we're in, it's kind of redundant. Because if you if you introduce a person as being Irish in a movie in the 1930s, people are going to be like, well, he's going to steal from us. Obviously. Right, yeah. You know? so I you thought we were going to be derogatory towards Italians <laughs> and not Irish. No, I'm we sorry. can go. That's I'm true. Sure we've kind of been picking on the Irish, but we I'm, can pick on the Italians. I'm sure we're working our way around, okay. around there. Um, yeah, you know, it's sort of the same, like, you know, what would be like a, like a redundant title, like, you know, calling the movie like uh, The Fast and the Furious uh, lots of car chases. You know, like you don't need that in there. Yeah, we just know yeah. that because of the title, "The Fast and the Furious." You know what I mean? Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, this movie stealing. Like, what was the plot of that movie that you made? Okay, so open on our <laughs> hero, <laughs> Hubert Hawks. He's Ooh, working at Hawks. his. Is this the same universe? Like Quentin Tarantino makes his movies in the same universe. Exactly. I was ah. a pioneer in that sense. Gotcha. Okay. He's working at his shop, his very successful shop. Mm-hmm. He turns his back for just turns around for maybe an hour or two 
<laughs> that's a long time. That's not just it was just turned his back. Though. Well, because that's, no other the, task. that's the entire he turns his back to do some business. That's what I told the lead actor. I said, do some business. Mm-hmm. He turns around, does some business. Who enters this store? Got to be got to be an Irishman. Irishman it is. It's a stinking Irishman. <laughs> but guess who he's with? Uh, uh, not an uh, Italian. Yes, is Italian with an friend. Italian. Yes, wow. an Irishman and an Italian hanging out together. Yes, interesting. It was revolutionary okay. at the time. Wow, revolutionary in that the two groups got along. Yeah, not revolutionary in that they were only friends to commit crimes together. <laughs> yeah, so, well, you know, baby steps. Progress takes baby steps. Very exactly. controversial. Very the arc controversial. of the universe is long, but it bends towards progress. <sighs> Martin Luther King said that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big fan. They well, should... Were you a big fan, Howard Hughes? Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, let's go back to Frida for just a moment. So you uh, you married Diego Rivera. You start traveling with him. You're painting with him. You go to San Francisco. He's working on a big mural. And uh, and you were treated like royalty by the artistic elite of San Francisco. Is that right? Is that the... That's exactly right. Okay. So what was that like? Like, what was it, what was it like being in San Francisco? And, and, you know, like, it's the first time out of Mexico and you're being treated so well... It was really, uh, it was really nerve wracking, mm-hmm. you know, because we were. That was just the front. We were there to, to break into do a more mus- crimes, crimes to do more stealing. That's right. Interesting. We okay. So uh, we had uh, we uh, we had a lot of harnesses and ropes and stuff like that. We were doing all the like cat cat burglars. Seems kind like of stuff. you. Seems like you had uh, escalated. Oh yeah. Now the... we got into. Now we're getting into the real stuff. Now like we're getting the fun, into fun stuff. Well, you okay. have to push. Because with stealing, it wasn't just about stealing at this point now. Now it was sexual. Now it was oh. like, now we were getting into it with each other. Okay. We would find the craziest places to have sex. Oh. Uh, <laughs> what what paintings to have sex on, because that's what one of the things Diego was really into. Mm-hmm. And I just went along with it, you know, whatever get his rocks off. Uh, famous people were really cool, too. That was nice. Mm-hmm. So a lot you, of, we had soda like... pop for the first time, so that was exciting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You didn't have yeah. soda when you were growing up in Mexico. Oh, we did, but this soda was really good. This is some really good, good soda. soda. Better like, soda in San Francisco uh, in this time period. The soda we had in Mexico, it was just as we drank it, your cousin or abuelita would just blow a blow, blow into the into the <laughs> another straw. Okay, and Ma- they would make bubbles as you go. To give the carbonation, manual yeah. carbonation. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, but then in San Francisco, they had figured out how to add the bubbles. Yeah, grandmaless you know? grandmaless soda. When you when you would like get a soda in America, would you like offer a straw to somebody else to be like? Oh, I got caught you know? so many times trying to blow bubbles into somebody else's drink, mm-hmm. and they were like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like. Faux pas. I'm like, I didn't know. I'm, like, I'm just trying to be nice yeah, and just, carbonate we, your soda for you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Meanwhile, stealing, taking, <laughs> taking, pickpocketing. You know. Yes. Well, I'd love to ask you. Um, you know, let's let's. Uh, it's a good way to get close to somebody. L- you know, and blow bubbles in their drink. <laughs> let's. Uh, you know, for those of you just joining us, you're listening to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are. Uh, early 20th century Mexican artist Frida Kahlo. Kahlo. Hello. And American business magnate and pilot Howard Hughes. Kill the poor. talk about... I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> Kill the poor. Kill the poor. Is that is that an aggressive thing to say? No, I just didn't know... Uh, yes. No, it is. It's an aggra- you can tell him. You know what, Frida? I apologize. It is an aggressive <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> I don't know, I'm what, sorry. I don't my, know what came over me. In my crew, that's just how you say what's up. That's just how you say Hello. Uh, let's talk about relationships, all right? Because you both had pretty epic and incredible love lives, all right? Howard Hughes, 
You dated so many famous women, Betty Davis, Ava Gardner, Katherine Hepburn, Ginger Rogers. Um, oh, Ginger Rogers. Ginger Rogers, yeah. Sweet. That one oh, raised yes. an eyebrow Lock for you. Oh, yes. <laughs> raised raise my one big did eyebrow. You, uh, yes. Did you ever crush on, uh, oh, on big time. Ginger Rogers? Oh, she's Frida. gorgeous. Yeah, oh, amazing. Beautiful woman, excellent dancer, yep. charming actress. She you know? was the best. The best. Second only to someone you didn't mention that I dated. Who? Betty Boop. Betty Boop. The wow. animated character, yes. Betty Boop. When you've got as much money as I've got, you find a way to date <laughs> cartoons. Interesting. Okay. Did you ever get with, obviously everybody wants to know then, Bugs Bunny dressed as a woman. Yeah, that was, that was a classic. Uh, uh, look, I can tell you that I did not get You're not with, a yes. You're not. With Bugs Bunny dressed that as a woman. That is good radio. That's all radio. I can say. I definitely That's good radio, not. that bit where you say no, but you nod <laughs> your head. It's really good radio. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so. Betty Boop. Well, the, the, the question that I had for you, though, Howard Hughes, was um, you seemed like you wanted to avoid the spotlight in your life, uh, but you kept on getting involved with all these famous women, uh, you know, notorious women who... Uh, we're constantly being followed by the paparazzi. Why not date less famous women if you wanted to have a private life? Well, you know, uh, who can say? I guess I had a, uh, you know, a bit of a self-destructive streak in me. Okay. And, uh, and you know, you'd see these women in the movies and you'd say, I gotta meet her, you know? <laughs> Uh, you'd okay. see Ginger Rogers doing her thing. Dancing with Fred Astaire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You'd say, oh, I gotta get with that. You'd see Betty Boop. Mm he'd -hmm. be like, look at that nope, lovely nope, giant nope. head. <laughs> and you'd say, I gotta <laughs> get with really. that. It's so big. It's, and like, then, a, you know, it's like a and baby's body. It's Bugs, ridiculous. With Bugs Bunny, it was... Who, who you did not have any kind of relationship with, right? <laughs> but let's wink, say... Wink. Let's say hypothetically. Hypothetically, one might see Bugs Bunny dressed as a woman and think that's a totally different character than Bugs Bunny, <laughs> and think I gotta get with that. Okay. So hypothetically, and maybe you know mm -hmm. they get together, and then oh, it's only years later that maybe one realizes that that was just Bugs Bunny the whole time, and then certain aspects of the bedroom start to make sense, and <laughs> let's just say that might be a thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this not PC enough for you? I have no, I have no problem with these revelations. Okay. Uh, I think this is completely appropriate. But let's move over to Frida mm -hmm. and your love life. You know, like you're with Diego for most of your life, but the two of you are constantly having extramarital affairs. He hooks up with, uh -huh. among other people, your sister. It breaks your heart. But you're no angel. You have you have affairs with... Let me just uh, uh, talk about some of these guys, and I'd, I'd love for you to comment on, sure. on each one as I'm bringing them up. So in New York, you have an affair with an American artist named uh, Isamu Maguchi, I think yeah. his name was. Isamu Maguchi. Yep. Isamu Maguchi. He had right. a curly penis. He had a curly oh. penis. Interesting. I've to never the left. heard of that. To the left. So when he'd pee, he'd have to literally push his penis all the way to the right. Like a pig's tail? Is that what we're talking like about? Like a pig's tail. Okay, like a pig's tail. But it would hit the right spot if I was laying on my side. Okay, so Next. it was enjoyable to make love to Isamu. Great. Okay. <laughs> it, it took us a while to figure out the right angle, but okay. on Back in Mexico, Bang, you had an affair with Leon Trotsky. Oh, the Trots. Oh, Russian we called revolutionary. The Trots. Wow. Or uh, 
Ski boy, we'd say. Ski boy? Ski boy. Because his name was Trotsky. No, he was no, very, because uh, he was... He, he, liked he liked cocaine. Cocaine <laughs> was huge. Uh, he liked to hit the slopes. If you, you know, know what I mean. You know, you know him. Yeah. Okay. Now we partied together. Um, I can't believe you hooked up with Leon also, Trotsky. That blows my mind. Curly penis also. He also had a curly penis. He had a curly penis it blows well. my, So you managed to hook up with two people with cool, at least two people with curly penises. I've About never, 18, curly, 18, 18 curly, curly penises, penises in your life. Yeah. Wow. You know, I... I I gotta ask, you know, back in you go back to New York, mm-hmm. you have an affair with brothers, yeah, Levi and Edgar Kaufman. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's curly, great. Curly yeah. penises? Oh no, no, dead straight because dead they straight, dead straight, dead straight. Because that's Jewish the dicks, Chinese handcuffs, boom, <laughs> and you can't have a curly penis for that. And we tried. I've tried on um, numerous penises. Gotcha, but, gotcha. Um, I didn't know this was a thing. I can't believe this. Chinese I don't know what Chinese hand. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh well, you got finger one. cups. Finger they call finger cups. Chinese they call finger it cups. the Eiffel Tower, get, the London oh, yeah, Bridge. Eiffel Tower. It's where it's bit roasting. It's um. Uh, I can't believe you don't know about this. I'm just getting turned on the way you're saying it. Draw me a picture later. Can I draw you a picture? Hold on. If we get up right now, why don't we just describe it for you? Oh, okay. All right. So imagine like a girl on all fours. Yeah. Okay. Uh, One guy is particularly me. Particularly me. (laughs) Okay. One guy with pleasure. With the one guy is by her mouth. Yep. And one guy is uh, near her behind. Yep. Uh-huh. You know, and multiple so, choices back there. Well, one penis is going into the mouth, one piece is going into the vagina or butthole. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that, and they call it finger cuffs because it's, it, you know, similar to Both the ends. way that you would put yeah. your fingers into finger cuffs and then yeah. you wouldn't be able to get them out. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. or they would call it like the London so Bridge. So it could be a guy or a girl in, in the middle. Any position. Well, I guess in the middle, yeah. Yeah. Well, you'd have to have at least two men for this to be a thing. You go three Although, men. No, you could do it... three men and it's called airtight. <laughs> airtight. <laughs> airtight. You don't. I think you, you could do it with. Um, if uh, Frida wore her, her cod with piece, two she women. Could jump in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, multiple times I've yeah, done that. This is, this is definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I can't believe how close-minded I've been. I thought it only had to be two men and one woman. No, no. You know? Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, there's any manner of combination. Get with yeah. it. It's yeah. the 70s, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just... Any it, more in my fuck fest that you want to talk I about? I mean, there were, there were so many, uh, but those are those are the big ones that I yeah. wanted to touch on. I can't believe that you had an affair with brothers. Like, did they know about... Oh, so they obviously were they, they knew about they were in because it. you were they, doing... They, uh, they were the ones who cups. suggested, because at first I thought I would be having to do this behind the, their backs. Behind their backs. Gotcha. And then eventually... We were doing it behind their backs. Oh. <laughs> Dirty. Go Frida. Uh, Go yeah. Frida. Wow. She's dancing. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we only have time for a couple more questions. Um, so uh, I'd like to ask you, uh, Howard Hughes, about going back to your eccentricities. Uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit. We talked a lot about the. The, the the piss collecting the the Kleenex boxes the not showering the fingernail stuff but there's one that uh, was on your Wikipedia that I thought was curious uh, people report that you were obsessed with a 1968 movie called Ice Station Zebra and that you saw this movie over 150 times uh, is that true that you watched this movie Ice Station Zebra 150 times true true okay what was it about Ice Station Zebra uh, that made you want to see the movie so many times. 
Well, uh, you know, as the title indicates, mm-hmm. and anyone who's seen Ice Station Zebra knows that it's, <laughs> oh, it's about. Great. I've seen it. It's about multiple a, times. Yes, it's I'm great. Sorry, multiple times. You're saying that you have also seen at least Ice Station Zebra so, at least seventy times. And it, it's wow. a re- have you not seen this I have, movie? I haven't seen. Ice we Station. should oh, all watch it. You gotta this. come we watch, gotta go watch movie. it. It's a really good movie. And so so okay. Oh, you'll o- get addicted. Open on our hero. <laughs> you get addicted. Yeah. All right, open on our hero. Open on our hero. Hey, you know you don't have to describe movies that way. You can just say like what the movie. I, I give me give me a movie and I will describe it. I, I will give the plot of a movie without using Ice this Station device. Zero. I haven't, I haven't seen. First Ice of all, Station Zebra. I, I haven't seen Sorry. Ice Station Zebra, so I can't tell you. Well, but. let's uh, keep talking okay. about. This is a good movie. Okay. Okay. I want to give you one. Let's, okay, another okay, movie good. from '68. Easy Rider. Easy Rider. Okay, um, uh, a couple of guys. They ride their motorcycles. But wait, wait, where do who's we the open? hero? Yeah, who's the hero? <laughs> who's the hero here? What are we, just a couple guys. Who cares about that? Uh, you, you would assume then that I'm the guys, walking up the stairs. <laughs> where, where's my pitch? You would assume that the guys that I'm talking about are the heroes. Mm, okay. Uh, Sorry, I've got a board meeting. Got to run. <laughs> uh, I completely missed my opportunity. My opportunity. All right. So, Ice Station Zebra. We open on open on our hero, okay. an ice station in Antarctica. Okay, <laughs> who comes in the distance? It's a zebra. How would he get what? here? Okay, now <laughs> he wants to get in the ice station, but how? He has no hands. He's no a zebra. Hands. He's a zebra. And that's more or less the movie. <laughs> it's so good, though. It's really so good. I mean, I want to watch. What are you doing later? I'm free all day. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> what, how this. curly is your penis? I'll tell you, it's very curly. <laughs> okay. All right. Jarrett? Like a like a wine opener, curly. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming. Um, I, I will, I'll watch the movie. I gotta, I'm got. i in a relationship right now, so I don't think that I could have uh, a threesome with uh, Howard Who Hughes. Who said anything about and, a threesome? Uh, hmm? Who said anything about you a threesome? You can just watch. Well, you asked, you asked, uh, Frida asked Howard Hughes, about the curliness of his penis. I Whatever assumed... happened to watching Ice Station Zebra <laughs> with two friends and seeing where it goes? And just yeah. seeing... <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, but I'm just, I'm just putting it out there that that's not, you know, like part of how I roll. Um, all right, so unfortunately, we only have time for one more question. Uh, uh, there is a little controversy around your death, Frida. Uh, people, some people say that it was an embolism, uh, but you had attempted suicide before that, so some people say it was a suicide. Can you confirm exactly how you passed away when you were uh, 47 years old? Yeah, I choked. You choked. I was choking. So not an embolism, not, not an embolism, suicide. not a choking. suicide. It was a choke. I was, I was getting down. I was, <laughs> I was getting down. Frida, uh, you really, you really choked. You choked on a silly. penis. It does sound silly. Yeah, it does sound silly. It wasn't a real penis. It was a fake penis. Gotcha. But now and it sounds normal. <laughs> Unfortunately, thank you for accepting. Unfortunately, that. that is all the time we have for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. Oh. It was one of our most mature episodes. I like to thank my guests uh, Howard Hughes and Frida Kahlo uh, for pleasure. joining me in the studio today. I do have one final question for you both. Um, do either of you have any like comedy shows or Twitter accounts that you really like that you want to you want to tell people about? Uh, Howard Hughes, anything you want to tell people about? There's a great show at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Tonight, which is irrelevant because this won't air tonight, <laughs> but it's also on February 28th, March 8th, and March 22nd at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in Hell's Kitchen. It's called Jet Comes to Cobbsville. Mm. <laughs> Jet Comes to Cobbsville. And you know Cobbsville. I love jets. and That's true. And I love typical American towns like Cobbsville. Okay. You can piss all over them. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, Frida, anything you want to tell people about? Um, if you're ever in New York, there's a great show called Throwback Thursday, and they have stand-ups who also time travel. Well, we didn't time travel, but you know mm -hmm. what I mean. Yeah. There's comics that go back in time, and they talk about... So it's called Throwback Thursday, hosted by Jason Planitzer and Lex Morales, and you could follow Lex on Fun with Lex. Wonderful. And uh, I'm your host, Jared Berenstein. You can check out my website, JaredBerenstein.com. Go buy my book, The Kayla and Conway Technique. It is out now. Hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. If you have any questions or comments, we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Okay.